0: Live across Gippsland on Track 91.9 FM. Welcome to the Gippsland Footy Show. Welcome to another episode of the Gippsland Footy Show on SCN Latrobe Valley on 91.9 FM. Brought to you by myself, Damon Healy and Cam McFann. If any of you out there want a message in to us on 0499 736 736. On today's episode, we'll have the 300-game legend Bob Murphy on from the Bulldogs, and Lang Lang president Chris Brew. Um, morning, Cam. How are you? A bit going on <laughs> in the last
1: few minutes, isn't it? last five minutes, I've just created a rule in my own head that I'm only going to talk about footy today, Oh yeah, because the last 10 minutes, it's been frustrating. So for those who don't know, um, in all seriousness, if you are in regional, we're going into a lockdown at one o'clock, so... Probably do what you have to do in the next couple of hours, I would have thought.
0: Yeah, it's all changed a bit. You were meant to be playing, you know, last night. The, you got the message through, you were playing footy today. And then last night, you get the message and being advised not to play, which is a shame. Would have been good to get footy back. But um, it would have. We, we just kept getting missed out. But anyway, it's and it's a bloody nice day for footy. I know, mate. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, what else? How, how did you feel after last night's cricket training, mate? Oh, fresh as a daisy.
1: I was ready to go today. I spoke to uh, Daniel Bedgood, who's from MAFRA, who we were supposed to play today. And he was all keen as well when he noticed that I was named a full forward. I think he thought they might have a bit of a day out if <laughs> if, if I was going to be there. So, yeah. yeah
0: Bedjgood's usually down the other end though, isn't he?
1: Well, he's been playing off half-back and a bit on the wing, I think, this year. So, they've changed it up a bit. But, yeah, he's been... a. Very, very good forward for them for a long time.
0: Yeah, always, Um, when I was playing at Drawn, I um, used to send Chewy to him. He was a bit too quick and elusive for me. I said, Chewy, you take him. I'll take him um, big... Um Who was a big full forward they used to have? Uh,
1: Shane or Shane. Petru? Yeah. yeah.
0: Shane's a good player. He's a big boy too. He was hard to get around. Um, definitely got the better of me most days, so... Uh, Didn't have
1: the worst service at MAFRA either. No, probably not, but
0: what can you do, I guess? But... Um, we're just waiting for Bob to get on the phone. We're struggling to get onto him <laughs> at the moment, so we're just making might, up as we go. <laughs> might, have,
1: might have just blanked us, mate. He's sort of, oh, Nah, mate. <laughs> oh well,
0: things are getting worse and worse. So.
1: <laughs> and what about what about you, blokes, in the Allen Bank League? So straight into prelims, is that right?
0: Yeah. So the, the unfortunate news for um normally it's a top five, and um, the unfortunate news for Lang Lang was um they've changed it to a top four and one v four, two v three, and. The two teams go through to the um to the grand final. If yeah, they okay. But um we're relying on a crowd of a thousand. So well, that's not happening, is
1: it, really? I don't think it will. No. <laughs>
0: um, well
1: it'll, it'll be good to get Chris's thoughts later on in the show then.
0: Uh so even though we um we've got Bob coming onto the line, um the doggies, I know you're a mad doggies man and you're watching it and probably kicking windows and all that last night. What's going on with the dogs? Yeah, well,
1: as I said, mate, I've had enough frustrations this morning without Dean and I haven't even thought about the doggies. But, yeah, it's one way to uh, wreck your season in a three-week period, I reckon. You're in the best two teams for 90% of the year and probably going to finish outside the top four now. So, so is
0: is the big difference going to be Steph and Martin come back in? or?
1: Yeah, I, I really hope they play sweet if Martin's not right because it just gives us an extra toll, but... It'll be interesting to see because it'll be interesting it's something we'll ask Bob um, because I believe he actually, we've got him. He's decided he's going to roll in and he's actually going to talk to a strut. So as just mentioned at the start of the show, so Western Bulldogs legend, obviously SN Drive host Bob Murphy. Welcome to the Gippsland Footy Show.
2: G'day, lads. How are you?
1: Sorry to uh, keep you waiting. Always <laughs> live by the uh, treat them
2: mean, keep them keen philosophy. <laughs> are you, have you
0: just been sitting down in front of the TV listening to Dan, have you?
2: Yeah, well, of course, just listening to the old Cheerio news, more good news for us. And uh, no, I was actually out just walking the dog with my, with my daughter, so sorry uh, sorry for the delay, but uh, back in town, ready for you, blokes.
0: Uh, it's a lovely day to walk the dog, I'm sure. So. Yeah, it's perfect.
2: It's a gorgeous day. Gorgeous day, yeah. Not, not, not good enough to wash away last night's result for the doggies, but it's a start.
1: No, no, it w- wasn't great last night, so... What do you reckon on that, Bob? We were actually just talking about that before you got on. Um, I'm a doggies man myself, so what do you think needs to change? Obviously, it looks like we'll probably play in an elimination rather than a qualifying if Brisbane do what yeah, they should do. Yeah,
2: it's, um, it's, it's been a bumpy three weeks. Hard to believe. Or just um, you know, A couple of weeks ago, we are on top of the ladder and facing you know, a couple of pretty vulnerable sides in the Bombers and the Hawks, and all of a sudden... Sitting in a precarious position, so the boys have just lost their mojo a bit. Not to say they can't get it back, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if uh, Luke Beveridge does sort of swing the changes. He does kind of use selection kind of differently to, to every other coach in the league, so you know, I, I wouldn't rule out some, some changes coming into uh, next week's final series for sure. I heard you guys talking about the ruck situation and. I get the sense they're really, really keen on getting Steph Martin in there, so uh, we'll wait and see how they um, how they structure up next week.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. I think because Timmy English looks quite good up forward. It's just about getting yeah. him up there and allowing him to play up there as much as possible. I reckon. Yeah,
2: he's, he's almost a forward ruck as opposed to a ruck forward. If you know what I mean, he's um, yeah, he's a real handful. And you know, of course, with, with Josh Bruce. Down and out for the year. Um, I think that's a. Uh, I think that's maybe a plan that they'll that they'll look at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now away from the doggies because we've got enough sad news today. <laughs> and on to you, Bob. So obviously a Gippsland local. Um, most people listening will know your AFL story. So we actually want to talk a little bit about what you did growing up. Obviously, before AFL, who you played juniors for. Obviously through the power system. If you want to yep. talk. Talk to what you did A little bit about that
2: Yeah well I started out With the uh, the Colts In the juniors Warrigal Colts And then the, the The Gulls In the 14s And 16s And, and from there It was yeah Over to the Good clean power Under the great uh, Peter Francis And uh, received the first bit of Sort of tough love In footy From Peter Francis And had to earn My spot And was part of A really special team Actually in that 1999 Steve Hazelman And Lee Brown And Uh, Joe Allen got drafted as well, Shannon O'Brien. We just just had a really great team and made the grand final. We we got it touched up in the the grand final, but it was um, one of my favourite years in footy, to be honest. It was a lot of bus rides. um, You know, In that age bracket, 17, 18, the world's kind of opening itself up to you. And then at the end of it all, um, we drafted and I was 17, still in year 11, and life kind of goes from idling away or rolling around town in Warrigal on a bicycle to sort of a bit of a drag race speed, you know, on the V line to Melbourne and then in the red, white and blue. And that's sort of been my life ever since. It's um, Yeah, it's kind of time flies, as they say, but it was um, a hell of a ride.
0: Um, Bob, you just said you um, got drafted at 17. Do you think you would have benefited for another year at Power or it's a good time to go at 17?
2: No, no, I I definitely reflect now and think that I I would have been better off having another year, not just at the Power, but at home and finish school and get myself settled. I mean, my my 17-year-old self would um, be very unhappy with that advice. I was just so keen to... Keen to get out of town and you know get in the big smoke and attack AFL footy like any young kid would, I suppose. But with the benefit of hindsight, I, I was just too young, too green. Um, I think, I'll, yeah, I think, uh, I think you know to finish your schooling first would um, would be ideal. And there's a you know there's a bit, a bit of a bumpy road sort of settling into a professional you know lifestyle of a, an AFL footballer at that age was it was a, a
0: fair adjustment for me. Let's say that. So when you got to the dogs, um, was Terry Wallace your coach then? Or yeah, he was. Yep, yep. What, Terry what was Walsh, he like? Yeah, I've seen like... some footage of him before, just rinsing media people, and <laughs> um... he's uh,
2: just uh, I've, 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 Terry's done a bit of work with SN, so I've done a little bit with him since those days. But even now, when I hear his voice, it sends a bit of a <laughs> chill down my spine. Uh, I was a pretty, uh, I was a pretty green and lethargic kind of. Uh, Kind of drafty, bit of a floater. Um, uh, thought I could play a bit too, so I, 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 I endured a lot of uh, a lot of tough love. He sort of broke me in, Plough, and, and I thank him for it because I, I was the sort of young kid that needed needed you know a bit of a kick up the backside every now and then. But and he, he was a brilliant tactician, coach, and and that team was you know a pretty fierce team with some some big names and big reputations. And a, uh, training was always pretty willing, but it was. Um, I look back really with fond memories. It was hard. It was a, a big adjustment from, you know, playing underage footy to to, um, you know, out on Princess Park, taking on, you know, Aaron Hamill and Anthony Cudafitis in your first game, and Tony Liberatore starts a fight halfway through the third quarter. It was a bit like um, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto.
0: <laughs> um, I, I messaged a mate of mine, Mark Alvey, to try and get some um, dirt on you But unfortunately, no, he you said did... you, were pre- you were pretty squeaky clean So I've got nothing no, on you right? to get in So, no, yeah no, okay. Just, so just send know. me a message sort of if um, you've got anything a little... on Mark Alvey <laughs> Right, no, well, we've been on cross paths for a
2: little while else. Um he was a hell of a player He was sort of, he was still and ability, you know, deserved to play, you know, more more games than he than he ended up with. I know he had some a fair few injuries, but um, now that I mean, I'll, like like all good footy clubs, you know, I, I arrived there as a you know, skinny seventeen year old kid, and and uh, you know, blows like elves and you know, and a whole number I could rattle off all the names, you know, and I'd sit here and listen to all the names. But they footy clubs are pretty good at you know nurturing the ones coming through, and that was a really special time in my in my life and then and, and you hang around long enough and the wheel turns and then all of a sudden you know, you're the elder statesman kind of trying to nurture the next batch of young kids through it's one of the one of the nice sort of um, you know lineage of the locker room I call it
1: Yeah, yeah, it is and it changes very quick you hear older guys say that all the time and I think it changes really quick um, Bob who's the best player you've played with at the Dogs and who's the best you've played on uh, the, uh,
2: uh, the I probably that I
1: caught the tail end of Chris Grant when
2: when uh, when I got to the dogs, but he was probably just past his peak. But uh, he's certainly up there. Brad Johnson was a freak. I Eight goals against uh, Maddie Scarlett one day, and I felt like I had front row tickets to Frank Sinatra that day. It was quite quite special. But um, Marcus Pontapelli is probably the most complete player that i played with. And, um, yeah, he's just you know one of those once in a generation kind of players, and just you know very well balanced, great leader, beautiful skills. But he's you know, got an appetite to defend as well. So he's, yeah, there's, there's not too many uh, not too many players that come along like Marcus. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, it's nice and, uh, here and to feel and those you names the, and the,
2: You asked the best player I played against too, didn't you? I, 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 I played most of my footy on the half back flank, and I've I've always said that. Stevie Johnson was the best half forward flanker I ever played on.
1: He was a uh, he was a nightmare to play on. So, I I have heard you answer that question before. And although I'm a doggies fan, Stevie J is my all time favourite. Do you mind telling us a story? I believe you were playing on him one night. I have heard you tell this story before. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll tell you the, the abbreviated version, but
1: thanks. Um,
2: it was hard. It was yeah. He was uh, he was half forward, I was half back, and about halfway through the second quarter, he what he sort of sidled up next to me and said, "Oh geez, imagine how well I'd be going if I you know if I didn't have this flu." And I was like, oh, "Okay, you know," he's sort of telling me, "You know, imagine how well you know if I was fully fit, I'd be really tearing you a new one." And anyway, this sort of banter went on back and forth for, for a couple of. Yeah, was really, and it got, but it got deep in the last quarter, and uh, the game was in the balance, and the ball spits out of the centre square, and I, Stevie leads out, and I'm going to make a spoil, and I think it's a pretty decent spoil, but Stevie's after it again, I go to lay a tackle on him, he handballs it over his head, looking the other way, and finds Joel Corey, kicks it to Tom Hawkins, Tom Hawkins goes back, kicks a goal, and it's sort of game over, and I'm... I sort kind of trudge back to my position and I can just sense that Stevie's hes going to find me and hold up next to me because he did have a bit of a waddle, Stevie, and he just whispered in my ear, I usually save that shit for finals. <laughs>
0: Very good. Um, you were captain there for a while, Bob, which is, is that probably your proudest moment being at the doggies? Like, uh, unfortunately, you weren't there in the last day of September with what happened, mm. but. I guess, you know, you've got to... It's probably a dream for a lot of people to captain their own club.
2: Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it's a good call. It's, it's, um, it was certainly the biggest thrill of, of my time in footy, and um, it, it, always, it always felt special. It wasn't something... I think I was captain for three seasons, and I um, close to 40 or 50 games, and uh, each time, you know, you felt the you felt the um the privilege of it. You know, there's a weight of responsibility and all that and pressure but it was um yeah, I I think maybe as well because I, I got the captaincy quite late. I was thirty two by the time I took it on so I'd sort of been around the block a few times and knew that, you know, the end was pretty near. So to lead, you know, that, that group of boys out there pretty special group of players that one and, and playing under Luke Beverage who, you know, were really, really close right from the start. So yeah, that was um I take those Those memories are Really precious From those last few years
0: um, So obviously You've captained And all that um, Going into the media How have you found that? You know Time from After football And moving away From football Obviously you're in the media now So
2: uh, Yeah it's kind of a um, It's a bit of an adjustment it's, a, it's certainly You know A different rhythm to life And when you're how it was for me anyway, as, as a league footballer, you you're kind of very narrow. And, you know, you're focusing on your bulldogs and your own form and your own health and it's a, quite a um I'm not sure if it's selfish, but it's a pretty self absorbed kind of world you live in and and then, you know, all of a sudden in the media you kind of it's 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 all about other people's stories, which was a nice relief for me. I, I just I like um, you know, the narrative of good sporting teams or or athletes and and what makes them tick. So to 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 spend the afternoons with you know a pro like Andy Marr and uh, you know chat to all kinds of different people and athletes from all different kinds of sport and have a bit of fun along the way. It's been a it's been a real thrill. Yeah, but it, it took a little while to adjust, I must admit. But it's um yeah I feel like I'm uh, finding a bit of a rhythm with it.
0: Um, just another quick question. Um, what happened to your TV show with Bob? Because oh, I thoroughly oh. enjoyed that show, and it's good, it vanished off the face of the earth.
2: Oh mate, I'm glad you say that. It's um, <laughs> lest we forget that show. There's a uh, we we actually did start season three. We had one episode in the can, and then uh, and then COVID hit, and and then you know Fox did a whole heap of cutbacks, and they uh, you know, poor old poor old Bob, the TV show, was left on the cutting room floor, mate. So, Another one of those brutal showbiz stories, mate. So, it, um, there's a there's a lost Tim Rogers episode out there somewhere, but um, who knows where it is. But yeah, no, I love doing the show. I actually it's one of my favourite things to do. But um, yeah, TV shows they they are quite um quite costly and time consuming. And I think with COVID, Fox would just uh, they uh, put their energies elsewhere. But that's probably the nicest way to start. they They just going me the arse pretty much. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. And I was just, I was just interesting with the show. Like you've got a quite diverse, you know, there's different people on the show, and they're all passionate about football. Um, how, how do you find these people?
2: Um, I've always just had sort of um
0: uh, an eclectic,
2: you know, interest in things, and I think, um, I think footy can be pretty, um, pretty one-dimensional in lots of ways. So. I always found it was really interesting to talk to people from different, different um, you know, world, whether it be arts or movies or politics or anything, and a lot of it's um, a lot of the stuff around performance. Um, it's really quite similar to to sport. You know, there was one episode I think we were talking to. Uh, I was interviewing Tex Perkins, and I was just asking him about you know the five or ten minutes before a gig in the show and how he feels and. It, it could have been a script from, you know, any league football that, that I played with. It was very similar to mine. and I just find all that sort of stuff interesting, the routines and the, the psychological preparation and, and anything that's got a performance aspect to it. I kind of am eternally intrigued by that. So, yeah, I, I love the show. I kind of miss it.
1: Sorry that Struts had to bring back up that you got the arse. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on from that, Bob. <laughs> um, now no, this like, year it'll
2: be it'll be a cult it'll be a cult favourite it'll be like cults everyone there'll be like twelve episodes hard to find Re- only the true believers will uh,
1: will track it down
0: <laughs> I'm one of them Bob
1: now good on you man footy Bob Inverloch this year uh, I think yeah. obviously it was well documented that. Yourself and Ruffy were heading down there. I believe you've got a connection with some of the coach. Was yeah. it always planned just to play a one-off game, or has COVID sort of just put a halt to
2: what no. was your plans? Yeah, no, no. It was always a one-off for me. Um, Ruffy's a bit more fortunate than me. He's only been out of the game a year, so he's still in reasonable shape. I've, I'm four years, and my knees are completely knackered. So it was um, just to—I really just wanted to get out there and. and and uh, play under Swimmer, who's my brother-in-law and, and a great mate of mine. And I've sort of always long admired him as a coach, and thought oh, it'd be nice to go back and play one game. And but it was about halfway through the second quarter where I, I did feel quite middle-aged and well past it, and thought, you know what, that's probably that's probably my turn to uh, to sit it out. So one and done for me. I'm
1: 26 and feel that, Bob. So you a bit of you get to 39.
0: <laughs> now I was talking to um Cam earlier, and he believes his most embarrassing story happened with you. You're going to explain what happened, Cam? Because oh,
1: I- yeah, so this is this is actually coming up to a 10 year anniversary to this moment, and it's been an internal embarrassment for me for 10 years. So I need oh, to dude. find out Therapy. if Bob actually remembers this. Okay. So 10 years ten years ago, and we've worked out why you would have been supporting Sumer, I assume, is it was Gippsland right. League grand final day. Oh, yeah. I, was play, I was playing for Bensdale in the under-16s and got KO'd in the okay. first 10 minutes of the grand final. Oh, Tragic. My mother, knowing that I'm a avid dog supporter, knowing that who who my favorite players were at the time so he's Bob walking past she calls out to Bob saying son wants a photo with you at this time I am being very very sick at the back of the car with a severe concussion and I am vomiting so I cannot spray my mother for doing this and Good you are you, stood Good on you, uh, you are stood there it was it's off my chest now and it's out there so I'm right we can move on what
2: if... Did I have the photo? What was my reaction to Because 'Cause I'm not I'm not great around
1: vomit, I've gotta say. I'm mate, sort of squeamish around mate, no... people having a spew. <laughs> there was I'm the same and there was no getting a photo, I was way too crooked. But that was forever <laughs> oh, an oh, embarrassing my. moment for me as you awkwardly nah. standing there while I'm vomiting in front of one of my Bulldog's <laughs> heroes at the time. Oh <laughs> mum. God bless yeah. the depth, yep. they have a death, They can oh, be, yeah. Very good. So there you go It's out there now Strut Are you happy he, he hasn't remembered it's cathart- So that's good It's cathartic Now I can't remember It mustn't have been Too gruesome no, it's, it's Perfect That's a win for me
0: Oh well <laughs> And what's next for you Bob Obviously you're at, To do with SEN But um, what's next for you
2: um, Well I mean that's kind of A full time gig At the moment I'd like to I used to write a bit For the age And that's kind of Dropped off But I, that's a real passion Apart from that I'm kind of happy with what I'm doing And Keeping three kids uh, busy and entertained at home at the moment That's, uh, that's kind of enough So a few kids, a bit of chat on the radio with my great mate Andy Marr and, and maybe write a few columns for the age
1: in the next little while Beautiful, thank you very much for your time Bob We really appreciate it We will Good be back after discussion. the news
0: Live across Gippsland on SEM Track 91.9 FM Welcome to the Gippsland Footy Show
1: Welcome back to the Gippsland Footy Show. I'm Cameron McFan and with me is Damon Strutt-Healy. Remember, you can text in. Our number is 0499 736 736 so keep those texts coming in. Strutt, I always think it's great when blokes who have made it from the Gippsland area give back to their region. I reckon that was great to have Bob on, and I'm sure people... Well, I actually don't think they realise the thrill people get out of it when they do come back to their local communities.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. It just you know, it adds extra people. Like, I'm sure when he went and played down at Invlock with Ruffy, he would have added an extra couple of thousand people, I reckon. It just gives, you know, more people to watch these people that have you know, been at the top level, especially for a bloke who played over 300 games with the doggy. So, um, very impressive resume from him. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was lucky enough, and this bloke's not a Gippsland person, but played a couple of games with Fev when he was doing his rounds. And I know what that brought to the club, and like it was fun to play with him, but it was great for the kids around the club, and it was great financially for the club as well. So I, I think that's fantastic when they give back. Now, on to our next guest. There has been a fair bit going on with the Allen Bank League, as we discussed off the top of the show. Um, we have Lang Lang President Chris Brew on the line. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Cam Strutt. Thanks for having me on. No worries at all, mate. Found out we're going into another lockdown, so I dare say that uh, season chances are getting slimmer and slimmer. Um, but my understanding is your senior side season was cut short anyway.
3: Yeah, that's right. the the uh, The board of management they made the decision last weekend to uh, plan ahead, I guess you'd say. And, and if it was going to come back on September fourth, as previously hoped, then they were going to you know adapt the competition and change it to a four team comp, which was. You know, an understandable thing to be planning and clearly disappointing for our boys, uh, fifth. I think we finished equal equal on points with Long Warrior in fourth and Pu Wong on sixth and separated by percentage and, and um, you know, for our club I think it's the first time in ten or eleven years we've qualified for finals, so understandably the boys were very excited and for probably just for guys that are twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven being at the club their whole career and never played a final, I think I probably felt most disappointed for them. But, you know, it's probably not, not really about Lang Lang now, it's about the whole state and, and you know, everyone's going through processing what we had to process last weekend, I guess, and, and the reality that, you know, all football might be in trouble going forward.
0: Hey, Bruy, um, it's Strutt here. Um, just we on that like obviously there's a fair bit going on with Lang Lang. You got the new ground, and you're meant to play. Well, obviously what's what's just happened, but you're meant to play finals. It sounds like you guys are tracking in the right direction.
3: Yeah, look, we've we've um, worked really hard. Uh, we appointed uh, fortunate enough to appoint Josh Colley in at the start of the 2019 season as our coach, and you know he did a terrific job. We recruited six or seven guys, and fortunate to have kept all of those players. I think for the first time since I've been at the club we've been able to retain players and and just keep the list together continuously, you know, for a three or four year period now and and I guess that's helped us grow and then you keep keep that list together and then try and add three or four more each year and, and I think that's helping us to grow in the senior part of the club and, and then um, yeah, exciting for the club this year. We've we started a women's team for the first time, and, and that's been um, you know a resounding success and a lot of fun
1: as well. Obviously, as Strapp mentioned, there's been a fair bit off the field going on with the new ground and everything. Is are you looking to continue to recruit to improve, or you reckon you've got a good group now that'll take you? Well, as we said, you were supposed to play finals, but it'll take you into finals and deeper into finals going forward.
3: Yeah, I think we're, we're pretty happy with. With what we've got, obviously, always trying to improve. And, and we did put a real focus heading into 2020 and 2021 in, in um, trying to target some of our original junior players that had left the club and, and come back. You know, we had uh, Nick Proud and Brad Harding come back. And I think that you know was a huge step forward for the club, being able to attract those young guys back who had left when we didn't have junior teams. And we had that era and a period in time where we didn't have juniors, so they went elsewhere to play. And then it's really tough to get those guys to come back to your club and play again. So, uh, you know, there's a guy called Shawnee Dwyer playing at Beaconsfield at the moment. We'd love to have him back as well. I think he's there, reigning best in fairest winner. We know he grew up playing at Lang Lang. And, you know, if we could add a player like that to the mix, I'm sure it would only make us better going forward. But, um, yeah, fundamentally, we're, we're happy with where we are. Uh, we had a lot of injuries this year and still managed to qualify for the finals. So um, the list was just getting healthy at the right time of year. And, of course, the season's been... Um, and pulled out from under us, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, a bit of a public service announcement for Shawnee to get back to Lang Lang there. <laughs> so if you're listening, Sean, you better head back, mate. Um, what was the attraction to get, uh, or what was the link that brought Liam Sumner down?
3: Uh, so a uh, uh, former coach of mine was a mutual friend of uh, one of Liam's friends, and, and I guess the link uh, between Liam and myself, we, we both played under... Uh, Same coach, Dale Tapping, uh, who was uh, coach at uh, Sandringham Dragons for Liam, I think, when they won the premiership in 2010 or 2011. And he was actually my coach at Old Brighton when I played a period of um, time in the late 90s uh, when I first came to the the city for university and whatnot. So, um, yeah, we'd we'd both played under the same coach and I'd actually played at Dragons uh, for a season when I first came to Melbourne. So we had that sort of... Common bond, I guess, and and uh, he's he's got a house at Phillip Island, so he lives closer to the city, but he travels down our way a lot, and and um, yeah, him and I like to thrash around in the water and pretend like we're surfers every now and then, have a bit of fun. So um, yeah, that's that's how he got involved, and I think um, you know he's come back from the AFL system that was very stringent and uh, and and obviously very demanding, and and I think he's just that type of fellow. He's he's gone back to be a plumber now. He's uh, just a knockabout, normal, country sort of fella. And uh, we feel like it really fits in into our system and it gets on with all the boys. So um, we're certainly hoping he'll be back on board for next year.
0: So, Brewie, um, for people that don't know, you've got a um, podcast called The Country Footy Press, I think I believe it's called. Um, what made you get into a bit of podcasting and, you know, travelling around Victoria? Because I know you did Oyun United, which I actually used to play for Oyun United, and you've done Werrimal, which for people that, from down here, wouldn't have a clue where. I oh, sorry, you didn't do where. We well, did Moringa. Um, wouldn't have a clue where those joints are. Like, how, how do you find these people when you do your podcast?
3: Uh, it was real interesting. I guess I went through a process like everyone did in 2020. You know, really missing footy and and uh, trying to trying to find an outlet. And, and when I retired and became president, probably one of the things that impressed me the most was the the high quality people you meet off the field that do um some of the volunteer roles and particular presidents they they put a lot of time and effort in and was a lot of work and i knew a couple of presidents in our league that had been put on job keeper and and they're still being asked to volunteer and although putting their hand up themselves to volunteer and i was thinking how fantastic these people are making decisions when potentially those people in Paid roles not making decisions at at a higher level, and the volunteers back at club level really deserve some exposure through the media. And and I was trying to find a podcast myself, driving around that you know really gave some exposure uh, to that community level, and and, uh, never been in the media before. So it was a huge, huge um, uh, change for me. I guess I'd never really done anything like that, and and the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it. Uh, Started off with some people I knew in East Gippsland where I grew up, and, and started making phone calls to, to other leagues, you know, have you got any presidents that have got a good story to tell, have you got someone who who has done something great at their club, and the more people I spoke to and the more I just picked up the phone and rang people, the, the more stories and the more people it recommended to me, so it was, a, it was a lot of fun, really, really enjoyed the great people I got to meet, and um, I was learning so much, and I was hoping that, you know, communities and, and other footy clubs listening in can learn from other football president's journeys and the people I've spoken to are pretty, pretty special people. And, and, you know, they're in the game for the right reason. So it was a real journey. And it was put on hold. Unfortunately, my wife developed breast cancer six weeks before the start of this season. So that, um, that put a hold on the whole podcast thing. And, and, um, and then of course the season started and we've had lockdown, So I haven't done a podcast for a little while, but um, there might be plans to, to get back into it in the near future.
1: Chris, I think it's fantastic. And look, just a quick one on behalf of us. Hopefully, everything's going on well with your family on that one. Um, which president would you say is your favourite uh, podcast that you've done? Oh, that's like picking a favourite child. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, look,
3: there was, there was some pretty special people. I think uh, Gags up at Omeo, he, he had a real really good story to tell. Um, yep. You know, a, a full career in football. I remember Gags telling me some stories. Uh, he's the president of the Omeo League and uh, telling me stories of him playing in a grand final and being secretary of the league at the time and ducking out at half-time in a game that he was playing in to go and help count the gate money on grand final day instead of being in listening to the half-time speech and then going back and playing the second half. I said, are you kidding me, Gags." And he said, "Um, no, no, I probably wasn't the best listener to the coach anyway, so I was just doing my bit for the league. But, um, you know, fuck Howard. Uh, in Hay, southern New South Wales I think he was president for 33 years Off the top of my head Up there in uh, in three or four different stints And and just super, super community people and, and, um, you know, his attitude was amazing I went and visited the club After we did the podcast And, and I noticed that he'd done four different stints and, and I asked him, you know, why he stopped being president And, and um, he said, look, I just believe in Getting a fresh voice every now and then and I was still on the committee and I was happy to step aside and when the club needed me again I was just there to step back into the role and I just thought, you know, there's no ego There's he's just doing it for the right reason and he's just fantastic for that region so there's just so many good people um, you know, Tommy Siegert was good fun, I did the Suburban Footballer for an episode and uh, and of course Bo Vernon, you had him on the show a week or two ago so there's lots of good episodes
1: and and um, met, met some really fantastic people so I enjoyed every minute of it very good. I think uh, Royston, Doc, netted a little bit flat that he didn't get a mention from up at all Boss, but that's all good. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and your own footy, Chris? Obviously, we know you're the Lang Lang president now, but what you've mentioned where you've played in a couple of areas. What what did your footy career look like?
3: Uh, so, I was, yeah, I grew up at Lakes Entrance, uh, played my first season at Wynong, actually, which is probably unusual my, my That's uh, no good. That's old I'm
1: Lindana mate, so we
3: <laughs> 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 went at the Lakes Entrance uh, junior training a week after they uh, cut off the the junior the, the gap and, and so I missed out on playing for my home team the first year of footy in under thirteen. So I played a season at Wyoming and then grew up at Lakes Entrance and played uh, played against Doc uh, and, and Russ and the boys up at Albuster played my first senior game at sixteen and was never quite good enough to make the Gippsland Power list, and and always um, you know, near, get near the end and then get cut. And, uh, excuse me, I got um got lucky. I came down to Melbourne. I still had twelve months to go, and got transferred to uh, Paran Dragons. They were at the time. there, Sandra and now, and and uh, I put my head down. I had a really good pre-season. and I think I was about the forty fifth person picked on their list that year, and and stuck on the list, and I probably. Enjoyed. I kicked four off the win, I think, against Gippsland Power in a practice match, and that might have got me, got me on the on the list of the Dragons. And yeah, had a season at TAC level. Really enjoyed that. Learned a lot, and uh, and played a lot of footy at Old Brighton that year. Um, that was my, my backup club in the, in the amateurs, and and yeah, fell in love with that club. And I think I spent five or six years there. Uh, met some fantastic people and learned a lot. Just a really really professionally run club, and and. Um, yeah, great structures and, and um learn a lot about football and, and life I guess being in the city and, and uh moved from there and actually went up and played at Nambrock uh for, for three years before they went I think they were in hiatus and then they came out for a little while and then went back into hiatus again. So played under the great um Brewers of Birmingham. He was the president <laughs> up there. Fantastic man. I think he's a boysdale these days, but um, is, yeah. yeah, really fantastic Gippsland person and, and um yeah, loved my time up there. Uh, I think I think I asked for less and less money every every year I was up there. I just enjoyed it so much, and just fantastic people. And, and um, actually, had ten years off from when I was 25 to 35. I went and um, tried my hand at at uh, the harness racing game. Something that uh, someone that's five foot and not very many inches tall. Um, yeah, took a break from from um, footy and and delved into that, and, and um, ended up in Western Australia for eight years. So. Probably out of quite a different journey to a lot of football presidents. Um, came back and came back from Western Australia, I think we are in Western Australia for eight years, I was doing trots over there, and, and um, again, met some fantastic people in trotting, and, and got so much respect for the people in the trotting game there. Something to be said for people that, you know, break in their own horses, shoe their own horses, and, and, and probably do most of the track work themselves, sometimes do the race driving themselves, they're real horse people, and you get a lot of resilience when you when you break a horse in and you and you spend months and months and months preparing them and then you, they're ready to win a race and they break down and and that sort of thing happens all the time in that game. It teaches you a lot about life and I think that's probably uh, helped me in good stead through through the last few years being present because you get a lot of hurdles thrown at you and a lot of disappointment. So um, Sorry, yeah, ended up back at back at Lang in uh, twenty fifteen and and uh, have, haven't moved since. We've been here ever since. And, Started playing with footy again
0: and, and enjoyed every minute. Uh, thanks for that, Bruy. I'm um, sorry we have got to cut you short here, mate, but we have got to go to the next <laughs> ad break. So, um, but thank you, thank thank you for your story and um, keep going with the podcast. And I hope all is well with your family. And um, thank you for your time. Um, we'll you just very much cut to it. an. Thank you. Uh, we'll cut to an ad break on Kipsley Footy Show, and we'll see you after the break. Live across Gippsland on SEM Track 91.9 FM. Welcome to the
1: Gippsland Footy Show. Welcome back to the Gippsland Footy Show. I'm Cameron McFan and with me is Damon Strutt-Healy. Keep those texts coming in on 0499 736 736 I want plenty of feedback on this next segment. So we have a bit of a new segment here, Strutt. So... It is called, something that I think would have never happened of a Saturday afternoon, strutting down the wing.
0: Should, pro- should be probably strutting out of the half-back flank, I think, because I don't play in the wing. I'm too slow. <laughs> but I'm going to have a pot at the ADFL. I, I just, even though it's the league I play in, and, you know, all the clubs have paid their um, affiliation fees and all that, but why does there have to be a crowd of a 1,000 people? Like, I don't get it. Like, people have played all year, didn't play footy last year, they've done pre-seasons, they've done everything, and the only reason that the final series will go ahead is because there's 1,000 people. Like, I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, pe- people are passionate about country footy and want to play, and, you know, why does there have to be a 1,000 people there? It's just, you know, does the league just want to get money out of it? Or, you know... There needs to be an underlining thing there, and I'm sure every club out there would be just happy to play.
1: Devil's advocate, mate. What if what if clubs are struggling financially?
0: But it's the league it gets the gate takings.
1: League gets all of it. So you think? That I think
0: so. Anyway, you so think that
1: the league's just being selfish here and worrying about themselves and not not the clubs?
0: Well, I think so. You pay your affiliation fees. Like why? You know, you pay them for a reason. And then, yeah, like, if, if it's $15 to get in on um, grand final day, 1,000 people, what's that? Fifteen grand, Is it really a big thing? Like, do they really need it? I've got no idea what finals, situ- uh, what the league's in or anything like that, but you want people to play footy. Yep. And, you know, obviously what's going on, we probably won't get to play, but... I mean, it is just one of those things. But for them to need... Ha- like every other league, happy to play with no crowds. Why does this league have to?
1: I must say, mate, and look, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It did seem pretty extreme. I could have understood, you know, if they wanted 100 or a couple of hundred in, because that's probably realistic. Um, but I do agree. I do think the 1,000, and I think as soon as they announced that, I think most people went, well, that's that's the ADFL done for the year. But nice start. Well, you've gone with a league, so it's probably better than a club. So you haven't put a full target on your back. You've just gone the league, so at least they can't play against you.
0: They might just rub you out. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think Old Roger's is probably going to come back on any time yeah. soon. <laughs> I've just flipped them all, but I, I just, I just think it's pointless. Like, I mean, if they think they're going to get something from the government to say you can have a thousand people, I think they're kidding themselves.
1: Oh, absolutely, and we've seen what that the government aren't letting people back into the state and allowing them to do things that are probably far more extreme circumstances than, than a game of footy too. So I think nah, spot on, mate. Good start. You've got another week now till you can clip someone else. Hopefully it's not me. No. I'm just trying to stay out of trouble.
0: Well, i tell you what, mate. If you hadn't bought a coffee today, because I've been buying one every week, I was <laughs> going to give you and the other bike that's next to us that doesn't speak you both were going to get a rinsing as well because I'm sick of coming here every day and buying coffees. But you bought yours today. You even bought me a toasty when I didn't even yeah, need didn't one. Didn't need it. So, Unapp-
1: unappreciative.
0: Um, no, I said thank you, but I'd already ate breakfast, so <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. But um, yeah. what are you?
1: What's on for your next hour of freedom, mate? You got an hour. Tell I'm, me what you I'll got gotta, on.
0: I've got to go to Kmart. I've got to buy a um, smoothie maker um, for the other half. Yeah, I was going to say this isn't yeah, straight. No, is. <laughs> no, 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 no. The only smoothie I get the one from Macca's, mate. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, what about you? What's on for the rest of the day?
1: Well, I think the true and Footy Club had a bit of a get-together planned at one of the local establishments. So I don't think they'll be they'll be taking part in uh, what they were going to be doing. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully we're out of it next week.
0: Quick air of power for you? or <laughs> No. Drawways drink responsibly, strut. Oh, well, coming up next, trackside with the boys, with Cam Luke, Simon O'Donnell, Patrick Gar and David Taggart. Thank Got it, you, and Very we'll see good. you next
1: week. See you, guys.